Hi, I'm Gordon. And I'm Fiona. We're from Gate Church International in Dundee, Scotland, and we'd like to welcome you to this week's podcast. Our goal here is growing people to bring Christ into our communities and to see you get connected with God, His people, and His purpose. We hope this message inspires you in your faith journey. Thank you. Good morning, church. What a privilege it is this morning to have three guest speakers join with us to look at how we can cope with anxiety in the lockdown. I've got Grant with us, Grant Phillips, who some of you have heard before, who's uh, a neuroscientist, and he's going to bring a perspective on how the brain can be affected by anxiety and how to respond to it. The second person we've got is Gail Penman, uh, who's a psychotherapist and educationalist who works in schools helping kids with anxiety and various forms of stress and she's going to give her perspective on how the lockdown is having an impact on us and some strategies to cope with that. Thirdly, we've got Nicola Reed with us here this morning. Nicola's going to bring, bring a perspective on what the Word of God says about anxiety and how the Word can help us cope in difficult times and seasons in lockdown. So Grant, over to you. Grant, you just tell us about the impact that the lockdown is having on our brains, our minds at this time. Hi everyone. So it's a really interesting question. And our minds essentially like boundaries. We create them in our lives. So for example, we have our work life, we have our home life. And as the case may be, we may have societies or clubs that we belong to, that we socialize in. And for most of us, we also have our church lives. Uh, and so our minds like to compartmentalize these things into specific areas. And as the case may be for some of us, uh, when we might find it difficult to bring those boundaries down. Uh, as Christians, we're asked, of course, that God be part of every facet of our lives. And we can struggle with that sometimes because our minds like to create these boundaries. No, our work life is our work life. Our social life is our social life. Our church life is our church life. So we already have in some way an example of that in our own Christian walk of us bringing down those boundaries slightly. But what we find ourselves here is in a very extreme example of that. Uh, our work is not at work anymore. We don't drive to work, we don't walk to work or however. It's not in a different location, it's now in our homes. For our kids, school is no longer school, it's in our homes. And of course, this, our community, our social life is no longer restricted to just a building or a particular get-together. It's now in our homes yet again. And this can cause stress for us because we're bringing down all of those boundaries. Now, the reason why our minds likes those boundaries is because we don't want to be using every road, every pathway available to us all the time. When we go to work, we want to engage particular areas of our brain to help us do our jobs, but we don't want to have those areas active when we come home. So our brain creates these boundaries so that we can have our work mindset, so that we can have the processes we need at work. But then when we come away from that, those processes can rest and return to a resting state. But then we can engage other areas of our brains, whether it's socially engaging with people, uh, being part of the church community, whether it's looking after our kids. 
So it's important for our minds to have these boundaries. And now that we find ourselves losing those or having those come down, we see that from a neuroscience perspective, an increase in hormones that we would associate with stress, so things like cortisol, are now things we find to be increased in the blood and in our minds. But we also see changes in other neurotransmitters such as serotonin and glutamate. So these are neurotransmitters that we would associate with positivity. So not only are we seeing an increase in stress responses in our body, but we're also seeing a change in the neurotransmitters that we would associate with positive attitude. And so it's important for us to reestablish or mitigate those boundaries and, mit and mitigate those changes in neurotransmitter le levels and stress hormones as best we can. And in our own homes, that can be very difficult. In fact, in our houses, we already see an example of boundaries in how we approach different rooms in our houses. Now that seems strange, but how many times have you gone into the living room looking for the house keys, opened the door, stepped in, and then wondered why on earth you're in that room? And it's because in our own heads, our houses are broken up into the rooms that we have. And that's an example, for instance, of episodic memory, which involves the engagement of brain regions such as the hippocampus and prefrontal cortex. So already our minds don't like to break those boundaries down, even within our own homes. So it's important when we find ourselves being stressed because these work life changes are occurring around us because our kids are now at home, that we implement positive strategies to re-engage with communities, to re-keep connections and friendships that we have and not just lose them because we're forced to self-isolate. You take advantage of technology if we're able, for example, but also to maintain boundaries of what is work at home. Come up with an idea of well, what does work look like at home for me and come up with plans to be able to maintain that. Because instead of our minds being then left adrift without boundaries, which it doesn't like, we give ourselves goals and our brains something to work towards that we can then hopefully achieve. And that way we can hope to mitigate the changes caused by stress that we find ourselves in as we self-isolate due to this COVID-19. Thank you. Thanks so much, Grant. That was incredibly powerful, what you just shared there. And I'd like to ask Gail Penman now. Gail, just tell us about the, the impact it's having on people, the lockdown and some psychological and some strategies that we can have to cope with anxiety uh, as, as people, as families in these days. So, what, what is the psychological impact of the situation we find ourselves in in, in lockdown? Um, so there's a significant impact on stress and anxiety. Um, it wouldn't surprise anybody, I expect, that we, we will have increased stress and increased anxiety, that we're in a situation that we've never, any of us, ever experienced in our lives before. And so it's, it's not familiar. 
it's also quite challenging in what it expects us not to do. Uh, and not being able to do the things that we've always done would certainly take us all out of our comfort zone. So don't be surprised if you have an increased stress level. Um, the sense of loss. We will all have lost something within the, the whether it's loss of being around our work colleagues every throughout the week, whether it's the loss of that transitional period from P P seven on to, to secondary school, from young people who that, that transitional period that happens in six year on to university, where there's so many celebrations and they at this point will not be able to to access those or, or to kind of experience those. Um, that sense of frustration that might happen and tension that you know you are spending time with your nearest and dearest um, which is forced on you and which um, I, I guess it's, it's, it's unfamiliar to many of us to have that amount of time in, in uh, spending with particular individuals even if we love and care for people so recognizing that there are tensions that will be around that um, and frustrations around that. Also boredom and that sense of purpose uh, being lost. What, what do I do tomorrow? What, what's on my agenda? What, what can I do? Uh, what should I spend my time doing? And boredom, just do, I do kids have enough stuff to do? And actually, can they just be bored? Let's see how creative our kids get when they're bored. Um, so the many of those things will be around. That will be the, some of the impacts and there will be many others. But let me give you a little way of thinking about what might be some of the strategies to use even within those challenges. So there's, there's a guy called Nick Marks, if you want to go and kind of, uh, he, he has TED Talks and YouTubes and all sorts of stuff. And he's much smarter at me than me at kind of presenting all this stuff. But he talks about having, uh, psychological five a day. Um, we were very good at thinking about our, our fruit and veg and, and making that, our, having our five a day, and we'll all be familiar with those kind of projects that people talk about all the time. So think about your five a day in terms of your psychological well-being. Um, so, and there's a, a kind of little acronym called CLANG, so connection, learning, activity, noticing, and giving. So if you could think about it in that way, so connection. As human beings, we're designed for connection. And at the moment, we've lost a lot of that. Now, so we've lost that natural connection that we have every day in school or, or every weekend at church or with all the groups we go to and all the activities we do. So we've lost some of those connections. Um, now, we can create some of those connections by thinking of different ways to do it. Zoom. How, how great is it to kind of have 20 of your friends pitch up on Zoom and, and you spend time catching up on how people are doing? And uh, so it's amazing the, the access we have to internet and all sorts of other things. So there, there are ways that we can do it. We just have to be a bit more considerate and thoughtful and uh, creative in how we do that. And learning it doesn't have to necessarily be something that's a formal learning, but just learning about new things, being curious about things, being prepared to think about the things that um, we we may want to spend time doing. Like I, I said, I potted up some plants just to see. I, I want to see what's going to happen. 
can I actually just pot up some seeds and they work? Is it that simple when I just haven't really taken the time to water them every night? Um, so I'm kind of, I am curious, so check in with me in, in three months time and see how successful I've been uh, or not. And actually it doesn't matter what the outcome is. It's about, for me, it's about the process and about learning, about what I did and didn't do, etc. Um, activity. So it's not necessarily exercise, but making movement because it's good for our body and our mind. Being prepared to kind of spend time doing things that don't have to be um, running around the block or, or, or being, you know, it could be just going for a walk. Uh, so being prepared to be active in a slightly different way than, than normal uh, and committing to something. That, that time that you've always wanted to do, that couch to 5K, you know, this may be the time to be able to kind of practice doing some of those things and noticing. Um, and I think for me today, sat in the garden for a, a while and noticing how loud the birds are. The birds haven't quit. Um, we might all be in lockdown, but they're, they're, they're giving it loudy. They're, they're kind of still around. There's, the birds haven't stopped. Um, but I think what it is, is maybe I've slowed down enough to hear them differently. I've slowed down to listen and to hear uh, and enjoy um, and be appreciative of the very simple things that have always been there and still are there, but now I get the time and the space to be able to access it. And giving. So giving is not necessarily about money or financial things. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. But there's something special about giving. Um, that, because there's a, there's a kind of chemical reward that happens called dopamine. When we give something, we get that dopamine, dopamine hit that really makes us feel good and improves our mental health. Um, so it can be, so, so something about giving, and it can be much harder for us, can't it, to receive. I'm actually really, I, I, I'm, I'm quite comfortable in, in giving and doing, and I find it much harder to receive. Now, when I don't receive, what I do is I deny someone else the dopamine hit. I deny them the opportunity to actually have that feel-good chemical for themselves. So it's really important that I work harder at accepting gifts in whatever way that that comes. Um, so there's lots of opportunities every day for us to kind of practice that and to do that. So being able to send a text to someone and, and to kind of connect in with people in different ways and to give in a way that is creative and sensitive and um, yeah, surprise someone tomorrow. Thanks so much, Gail. That was so insightful and so wise. Thank you. Now I'd like to ask Nicola Reed. Nicola, can you just share with us uh, some of the insights from the word the Word of God, how we can cope with anxiety and stress in this season, Nicola. I think sometimes in the church we can think of anxiety, stress and fear as, as just only ever being wrong and or bad in some way. And I think we need to remember that fear and stress and anxieties are reactions to things. And it's, it's sometimes what we do with those reactions that's actually the, the critical thing. 
Um, part of the fear, part of the stress, part of the anxiety mechanism is actually in some ways for our own protection, that kind of fight or flight situation, but it can be something that progresses onto a kind of a, a bad fear or something that lingers and, and hangs around us. And at its, at its worst, I guess, it can become something quite extreme and something that's quite debilitating. So I guess what I'm gonna speak into just now is, is where the, the natural normal reaction becomes a bit interrupted and becomes a bit disrupted. And we can see that in lots of areas of our life just now. I think even things like going out shopping or going outside the front door can become a fearful thing because we've become contained in our own homes and we, we've almost forgotten what it's like to step out into those, those other spaces. So as I was preparing for, for this, I was reminded by a colleague this week, we were, we were talking about all being in the same boat together and she reminded me that actually it's not really about being in the same boat, it's about being in the same storm, but in our own boat. So that took me to, to a passage of scripture that's probably very familiar to many of us and it's from Mark chapter 4 and from verse 35 it says, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. Remember that, there were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and waves obey him. And I was really struck in that, that the disciples who were really keen and avid and capable and confident fishermen, that this storm was something so furious that they were terrified. So it was like they were in their normal environment, they were in something that was very familiar, but this storm was different. And I think we can identify with that just now. And I was curious around that there were also other boats with him. And we see that the boat that Jesus was in and that the disciples were in, that the disciples came to Jesus and they brought their, their stress, their fear, their anxiety about the storm that they were in and the storm that they were facing. But I wonder what it was like for the people in the other boats that didn't have Jesus in the stern, even asleep on a cushion. And we see here that, that Jesus calmed the storm by, interestingly, by the power of his words, similar to God in creation at the beginning of time, he spoke life into being. And here Jesus spoke quiet and stillness over the storm. And the storm that we might be in today, we look at what's around us with coronavirus and COVID-19, and that feels like a storm. But I think the fear and the anxiety and the stress is a more internal storm, and it's it's speaking to that storm. How do we how do we take that anxiety and stress and fear to Jesus and bring it to him 
to his Holy Spirit and seek to receive comfort from the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. So I think that's one of the challenges that, that I find. It's about what we do with that fear, anxiety and stress and where we take it. And do we give Jesus the opportunity to, to be a comforter in that situation? Or do we sit with the companions of fear, anxiety and stress and allow them to, to become distorted and dysfunctional inside our, inside our being? I love scripture and I love, you only have to read through Psalms and you see how David often pours out with very raw honesty what he's feeling and he, he's penning Psalms, he's writing them down and he's, he's bringing the, the reality of his fears, his anxieties, his stresses to Jesus. So I would encourage us in this season to, to bring them to Jesus in some way and, and hear his voice on, on calming the storm. There's been a song recently that has really spoken to me. And, and it was a bit like an anthem for me over a couple of seasons in, in our lives. And it's never lost by either Rita Springer or Ramp Worship. And I'm going to just read through that and pause at points. And the song says, He is my faithful father, calling me out of the dark. Night cannot whisper away what he said in the light. And I think that's really important at this time to actively remember things that God has said to us in the light so that when night comes around, when we're in the dark places and we're in, in a swirl of anxiety and worry and concern, that we remember that that night cannot whisper what God has said to us in the light. He is my firm foundation. My anchor won't be moved. Storms may collide, but my soul is on fire with his word. And that speaks to me about remembering his word and, and using scripture at this time almost as a, as a, as, well, as a sword, as a battle thing to, to defeat the, the storms that are coming up against us and, and looking to steal our peace. And then it goes on, and wind, listen to the sound of power on my lips. And that for me is about declaring, about speaking out the truth that we know of God, about speaking to the storms in our lives, about speaking life into situations around and about us. Jesus has broken the curse. He has never lost the battle. And I think at this time we need to remember that no matter what the storms that are going on around about us, no matter what our internal storms are, that Jesus has never lost the battle. And he has broken the curse. And we can hold that as truth in our stormy seas, in our boat with Jesus, in our boat, and we take him these things. Thank you. Wow, that was incredibly powerful, Nicola. Thank you so much for bringing that perspective. And I want to thank all three guest speakers this morning. Grant, who's a, a neuroscientist who spent years studying, looking at the human brain and the impact of trauma on the human mind. So thank you for that wisdom and insight. Also to Gail Penman, who works for New Solutions, which is a educational organization. Gail's also a psychotherapist and she's spent years uh, helping people uh, families, people that's been through trauma and the impact of various things that can happen in life. So thank you so much, Gail. Also, thank you to Nicola Reed, who's a woman of the word and got a vast array of experience in life. Uh, she's been involved in counselling and lots of other things. But thank you, Nicola, for bringing that, that word perspective here this morning. And I want to invite you, the listener, to respond to the word here this morning because it, it's a good thing to hear it, but it's also important to apply it. And how can we apply that to our lives here this morning? 
and I think it's important that we do it. So, so as we round up this moment, round up this time, I just want to invite us to apply. So Spirit of God, I just pray that we would apply your word. We'd bring life application to everything that we've learned in this moment from our three guest speakers in Jesus' name. Amen.